You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm sure we have some new listeners since we've changed the format around a little bit. Got a lot more attention. Things are growing very rapidly. I greatly appreciate that. I am at Williamson NFL on Twitter. I was a scout for the Browns. I was director of football operations at the University of Akron before that. I was a recruiting assistant at Pitt for three years, helped bring guys like Darrell Revis, Joe Flacco, Larry Fitzgerald to Pittsburgh, University of Pittsburgh. Pitt plays Penn State tomorrow. I'll be watching that. I was also at ESPN for 10 years, and I've been doing a Locked On NFL podcast ever since. For those of you that don't know, Mondays now, we bring on reporters from around the Locked On Network. Tuesday, I chat with with Sage Rosenfels, former uh, NFL quarterback, often about quarterbacks. Then we take an analytics approach with Mike Renner on Pro Football from Pro Football Focus. Mike Sando is a good friend of mine from ESPN. I'm sure all of you know him. We had a great talk yesterday. We'll do that every Thursday. And Friday, I'm going to break down the Thursday nighter, an odd one last night. And pick every game. And I'm gonna and I just pulled up my buddies at my bookie. I will tell you about them in a moment. And I will use their lines as well as pick things straight up too. And I was quite successful last year. So after I tell you a little bit more about, about my bookie, I think you might want to venture over there. We're also brought to you by the Athletic. Like I said, we're growing, man. I mean, we got sponsors coming out our ears. Um, but last night, I sent out a tweet. And this might be a theme of today's show, take the under. Last night was sloppy, man. I mean, I love a great defensive battle. And I think that there was some good defense. And I think the Eagles' deep defense, particularly their deep defensive line, really paid off. Fletcher Cox, in particular, stud. But I also think it was bad execution, bad quarterbacking. And just to cut to the chase, the thing that surprised me most and was Matt Ryan's play. I thought he was really, really poor. And I guess he hasn't played well in his hometown of Philadelphia, whatever. Certainly the red zone stuff was bad. I thought he was just, I didn't like the way he threw the football. I thought his accuracy was really poor. I didn't see arm strength. I'm not officially worried, don't get me wrong, but it was a bad showing. And that last drive was decent. It was the best he's looked until he got close to the stripe. And you know, throwing the ball where players couldn't make a plays on it in crucial situations to, you know, you know, do or die situations. I mean, I thought that was terrible. And, you know, when I previewed this game, I, I picked the Cal- the Falcons to win. And again, I didn't see Matt, I, I, mostly because they have a big quarterback advantage. And I thought Julio would just wreak havoc on the, the this Eagles defense. I was right about that. Um, and he was the best player on the field, with maybe the exception of Cox. Uh, but even but they got to get more people involved too. And I thought the running back tandem did okay, but they didn't stick with them. You know, you got to get Ridley a touch or two. The other guys, but again, a lot of that falls on Ryan to me in this particular game. On the other side, I expected a very heavy Jay Ajayi type of um, attack the middle of that softer, athletic, finesse defense. And it took a while, which was odd. Really didn't touch the ball in the first quarter, but then he came in and was great and was racking up yards, good runs, scoring touchdowns. What took so long? Um, how about there was only four wide receivers in this game that actually caught a ball? 
You know, like, that's odd in the NFL. 26 penalties. I believe, I know he's very streaky and his ups are very up, or certainly have been in recent memory, but I don't think Nick Foles is a good player. I mean, if you're the Eagles and you played this way, I think you walk out of there saying, wow, you know, we, we stole one. You know, we didn't, we didn't deserve a win against a, what could very well be a playoff team. We could see again down the road. Yes, our defense was pretty good, but wow, we didn't play that well. Um, sloppy on both sides. And that's what I was saying is, is I sent a tweet last night, again, at Williamson NFL, that I wonder if you took the under in all 16 of these games if you'd make big money. Because the rust, I mean, a lot of these guys have not played many snaps since last year of real football. Not to mention the conditioning that goes with that. Not to mention there's a lot of bad weather games, including heavy heat games this in week one that we'll get to. And, you know, it's a lot of new pieces that haven't played together either. I mean, just bad football. I mean, I think that we're going to see, as excited as I am for week one, I'm not sure that last night's game is going to be an anomaly. I think we can see some some poor play. So, uh, you know, and, and teams are taking that right now. It's, it's better to be healthy, I guess, for week one than it is to be sharp because your opponent isn't sharp either. So certainly some rust, but that the Ryan one was the most concerning. I told you about my bookie, and frankly, I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. And right in front of me right now, I have their website up, and I'm going to place some bets, and I'm going to use them right now, their lines. And so, you know, ever since I really started this business way back when, people were always asking me, you know, who should I pick? And I'm going to tell you that today. But the truth is, I don't know who's going to win, even though I've been successful. But you got to go check out my bookie because it's just as important where you bet as who you bet on. So that's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, which I love because, you know, you really get the flow. Like, boy, Matt Ryan looks bad. I'm going to put, you know, let's, let's get out, off this Falcons train while we still can. Uh, they have the most rewarding player perks in the business for you. And for you fantasy guys out there, a new thing they got going is you can bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game. That, that's a great idea. I think that's, I'm going to hit that up for sure. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Guys, that's free money. Use our promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie today. And don't forget to use the promo code locked on when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. So, I told you that I am looking at my bookie right now. Pulled up their NFL page. First game on the slate. Hits kind of close to home. I got the Steelers at the Browns in front of me here. The Browns are getting five. Six, I'm sorry. I misread it. Uh, that was that one. That line has moved a lot, and I think some of it revolved around Le'Veon Bell. I also think some of it's because of the Browns' hype. You know, the the uh, some people apparently a lot of people are betting on the Browns right now after all of the HBO Hard Knocks stuff. You know that it makes certainly some sense. That boy, these this is their year, and I could this is supposed to be very very wet. A lot of rain, a lot of wind. That's obviously a concern. I got the Steelers winning this game 
like 21-13. So I have them covering, have them winning. And I th- and here's why. is I think that the Browns will make this a Carlos Hyde game. You know, Joel Batonio is not going to play left tackle. He's going into left guard where he really belongs. And I think they're going to attack the middle of the Steelers' defense. I also think they'll attack the linebackers with Njoku, who I think is going to have a real big game, and Duke Johnson. Short throws, you know, design quarterback runs, try to control the game, slow it down, especially in those conditions, if it's that wet and windy in Cleveland. Um, However, I just don't think the Browns are going to have an answer with their secondary. That Gaines, their slot guy, is out. They're thin at corner. There's been some talk that the first-round pick, Ward, is going to follow A.B. all day. I think Ward's a fine prospect, but son, you better be careful what you wish for there. That could be a very, very rude awakening. And I think the Steelers live in multiple receiver sets, 11 personnel, and they attack the secondary a lot. And I think Ben has a big day. I think Brown has a big day. I know Ben on the road is a bad thing, but Ben and Brown without Bell usually produces massive production from Ben and Brown. I think Brown gets 15 targets. I don't think they have an answer for Juju, especially without the, the, the slot corner. So I think it's a big passing day, and I know the weather might prohibit that to some degree. But I've also got a kind of a little birdie around here that's telling me this offensive line in Pittsburgh is highly motivated to show that they can pave the way for non-Le'Veon Bell running backs. And everyone's highly motivated. The Browns are going to be highly motivated. It's a good line. I think the, the Connor will have a nice day. And Ben has shown that he can throw the ball in, wet, in bad weather. As, as much as any quarterback of this generation, I consider Roethlisberger a mutter. You know, he grew up in Ohio, has played here his whole life, uh, this area of the country. He handles those things really well. So I got the Steelers, low scoring. It's going to be a trend here. Um, the Niners go to Minnesota. They're getting six and a half on the road. I sense a blowout here. I think the Vikes win this one big. Unless the Forrest Buckner and Thomas and those guys can really own a weak Vikings O-line, which I think they'll have success, rattle Cousins. But on the road, I mean, I don't know how. I think San Francisco really struggles to move the ball. I think that they lose up front. I haven't been real impressed with the Niners O-line so far in the preseason, although I do think it's a pretty good unit. Um, but they have been struggling of late. I, I don't think the Niners receivers will get separation. And as much as I love Jimmy, I just think that his supporting cast is in for a really long day. Defenses tend to have the advantage over offenses anyway this time of year. And Minnesota's is really, really good. Um, I think this is a, a big win for the Vikes. And people will start, kind of take a step back and look at the Niners and be like, yeah, maybe we're putting the horse before the cart here in terms of playoff team or you know the next contender. I think the Vikes win this one like 24-10, 24-7. You know, I think that they handle it start to finish. And I also really think Thielen and especially Diggs present gigundous problems for that secondary. Uh, the Bengals go to the Colts. And I don't understand this, but the Bengals are getting two and a half. Don't tell anyone, but put a lot of money on the Bengals. I mean, go to my bookie and hit the Bengals, in my opinion. I think they're a much better team than the Colts. 
I think their defense is exceptional or on the verge of being exceptional. I think Luck's going to take hits as great as Nelson's going to be. He's going to get Geno Atkins a lot. You know, those tackles are going to have to deal with Lawson and Dunlap. That's trouble, man. I don't think they're going to run the ball on Cincy. I think William Jackson will do a fine job against Hilton, and that doesn't leave much. And then on the other side, the ball's worse for the Colts. I mean, their defense is bad. How are they going to match up with A.J. Green and Mixon and Ross and Eifert and, you know, a, a decent quarterback? I mean, I don't think that game's close. It, it amazes me that the Bengals are dogs. I understand it's on the road, and I know a lot of people are down on Cincinnati. I think they win that one 27-10. Here's another kind of blowout. <laughs> Buffalo at Baltimore. Peterman starting. Ravens are favored by eight. I don't love that number. I think the Ravens own this game, destroy them in time of possession, hit Peterman often. But do they beat anyone by eight? You know, they're kind of a 17-13 type of team. And even if they do control the ball and a lot of Alex Collins and a very good defense, as I mentioned, I absolutely think they win. And if I have to put a chip down, I'll say that the Ravens cover. But eight's a pretty good number, just because I don't see that as an explosive offense at all. Uh, I mentioned it before, we are brought to you by The Athletic as well. Uh, they had a big announcement a couple weeks ago that they have greatly expanded and added national coverage. Jay Glazer, Dane Brugler, Lindsey Jones, my man Ross Tucker, uh, Michael Labardi's writing for them now. I, I tell you every Tuesday, Sage Rosenfels, who joins me every Tuesday, he's one of their writers. Uh, I know a lot of their dudes, their Steeler writers, Mark Caboli. All these guys do a terrific job. So what you need to do is go to theathletic.com slash LockedOnNFL, all one words, and all lowercase. That's case sensitive. So theathletic.com slash LockedOnNFL, all one word, lowercase. You get 40% off your first year subscription. So you're paying less than 3 bucks a month, only $2.99 a month. So I mean, that's, hard to, that's hard to argue with. And it's a subscription-based publisher of smarter sports coverage for diehard fans. The athletics model is very simple. There's no ads. There's no pop-ups. There's no autoplay videos. Instead, readers subscribe for an authentic, in-depth coverage written by journalists who know their teams inside and out, like the guys I mentioned. Coverage goes well beyond game recaps and, you know, surface superficial things they get deep into their teams si subscribers have access to local and national content as i mentioned before and this is kind of crazy they have over 650 new articles are published every week across all sports so again go to theathletic.com slash locked on nfl all one word and you'll get a subscription for just 2.99 a month hard to argue with that this is a tough game for me Jacksonville at the Giants. Giants are home dogs, which week one home dog looks attractive to me, unless you're the Colts. Ramsey's questionable to play. They'll get a lot of Odell, but even if he doesn't, Bouye does well. I look at the Jacksonville defense, though, and I think they might harass the hell out of Eli, especially against Eric, you know, Clayus Campbell against Eric Flowers. Yuck for the Giants. But I also think Barkley might run on him a little bit. And I think a guy like Sterling Shepard could cause a lot of problems. Or Ingram. You know, the slot corner situation for Jacksonville's D isn't great. Olivier Vernon's not healthy. 
And the, I think the Giants' D is highly questionable. But can Bortles explore it? Exploit it? I mean, I would think this is a heavy four-net game. But I can see both quarterbacks turn the ball over once once or twice. Maybe Bortles hits on a big play here and there. I mean, I'm going to take the Jags to win 21-17-ish, but I think that line's a good one. So I'm kind of I think I might stay away from that game. Uh the Bucks go to the Saints. Saints are 10-point favorites. Fitzpatrick is the quarterback. I like the Bucks. I think there's a lot of talent there, especially at the skill position players. Defensive line's vastly improved. But I'm sorry, you're walking into a juggernaut. I think that's trouble, trouble, trouble. Saints control the game. Kamara goes off. Michael Thomas goes off. Breeze looks like the stud that he is. Lattimore on Mike Evans. You know, like, even if that's a push, I don't think that the Bucks' offense with Fitzpatrick can keep up. In the Dome, I'm, expect, I'm expecting the Saints to win the turnover battle by two, maybe. You know, three, maybe. So, I think that's a big buzzsaw for the Bucks And bad, bad news for T-Bay on the road. Um, the Texans go on the road. They're getting six and a half in New England. And I think a lot of people remember last year, high-scoring game, Deshaun Watson, breakout, breakout game, going to be a star. Maybe. You know, Watt comes back, Merciless comes back, Clowney, Hopkins, you got star power. And New England's a hard team to get a handle on the first couple of weeks of the year. The times they can use this as kind of their their version of the preseason. Get their O-line in order, get their affairs in order sort of deal. Edelman's not there, not a lot of uh, weapons. However, I think Hogan has a big day against suspect Texans corners. I think Gronk has a big day, a real big day. I'm sure New England runs the ball well. Brady's a stud. I think Belichick doesn't take Hopkins away, but I think he makes Hopkins' life really difficult schematically and makes Watson beat him in other ways, which is going to be tough. And I don't think they run the ball well on New England. New England's big up front, Shelton, Brown, those guys. And the Texans' O-line is really bad that I could see Watson doing some great things, but I bet he, there's a few turnovers in New England, too, that cost these guys. I got New England, like, 30-20. Miami is also a home dog. Supposed to be very, very hot in Miami. Favors the Dolphins. Tennessee comes to town. I'm not saying this is the most boring game of the slate, but it's one that I don't have a lot of matchups that I'm looking at and saying, boy, that's a key situation. You know, like, is Howard going to stick with Corey Davis the whole time? Has Davis earned that? Um, does Walker have a big game? I don't like how the Tennessee offense has looked at all in the preseason. Um, a couple of their edge rushers don't look like they're going to play, Tennessee's. But what's Miami have to hang their hat on? You know, I mean... Are they the better conditioned team? The longer it stays close, the better off they are. I am a Tannehill believer, and I think this offense can be productive and efficient, but not spectacular. I'm still going to take Tennessee, though. I think that the combination of Lewis and Henry and a pretty good offensive line rules the day in the end in probably a somewhat sloppy game, but like a 17-13 Titans victory. 
some news in KC going to LA to play the Chargers. Looks like no Eric Berry. Looks like no Joey Bosa. Ugh. Hate to see that for both teams. But I've been telling you guys all offseason, I think every Chiefs game is going to be a roller coaster and points galore. And if two stud defenders aren't out there now, maybe even more so. True or false, the Chiefs at the Chargers, Kansas City has home field advantage. I bet the answer is true. I bet it's harder on the Chargers on Sunday than it is the Chiefs from a noise, quote, home field advantage perspective. Andy Reid also, this doesn't get talked about enough, but the Chiefs own their division. And Andy Reid owns common opponents and owns the Chargers. Chargers have some injuries. I still think they're the better team, though. Bosa gives me pause, but I think the Chargers score a lot of points in this game. Rivers, what are they going to do with Keenan Allen? What are they going to do with, I think, Mike Williams and the other Williams? And I think Gordon produces well on the ground and through the air. I think the the middle of the Chargers' defense is improved. Derwin James might help against the Kelseys of the world. And their corners are really good to deal with Watkins and Hill. And I love Mahomes. I'm super excited about Mahomes. But I trust Rivers a heck of a lot more right now, in ter- certainly in terms of turnovers and whatnot. Three and a half. I'm going to take the Chargers to win, but not by three and a half. So, like, 31-28 L.A. You know, barn burner. Start your start all your fantasy guys. Seattle goes to Denver. Another one I think is a really nasty place to play to begin the season. I mean, you remember, none of these guys have played 50, 60 snaps in a game. And now you've got to go to Denver in the high air and try to do it for the first time since last year. The Broncos are three-point favorites. I think Chubb and Vaughn get after Russell Wilson, really get after him. I think Harris, who very well could be the best, he probably is the best slot corner in the league, does a really nice job with Baldwin, who seems to still be fighting some things as well. He's not 100%. Don't love that. Uh, And the other side of the ball, I think the combination of Freeman, Sanders, Keenum, a little bit better O-line, controls the action, and as the game goes on, gets better. Again, this being in Denver, to me, is a big, big advantage. I'll go 21-13, Denver, something like that. They cover, don't blow the doors off, but in an efficient manner, cause a couple big plays on defense. That's what I'm seeing there. Dallas goes to Carolina without the best center in the league. They're getting three points on the road. My take on this one is I think Elliott's not going to have smooth sailing without his center, and I don't trust those receivers to do much, although Carolina's D isn't great. But it's not a real complicated offense that Dallas is showing at them, and I think Keekley will be all over it and reading plays before they even happen. Has a huge game along with his linebacking core. However, I think the wrench in the plan here is something we haven't talked about enough is I think Dallas's defense is pretty good. And that line's in trouble. I think a Sean Lee, their linebackers, can do a pretty good job of shadowing Cam as a runner. 
doing what they can against McCaffrey, who I still think has a pretty good game. And that secondary, I think, holds their own against a good group of weapons. I think that that line for Carolina worries me. I think Cam gets hit quite a bit. Lawrence, Gregory, all those guys. So I think Carolina is the better team, but I don't think this matchup is wonderful for them. They're at home. I think they squeak one out, but don't cover the three points. So I got Carolina 21, Dallas 20. This is another tough one for me, is Washington goes to Arizona. Washington's getting a point on the road. Going to be hot. Going to be hot. Who controls the ball more? You know, Washington has a really good O-line. And Peterson playing his former team. What is he going to bring to the table? That's questionable. But I tend to think that he'll start the season pretty strong. But I think Arizona's O-line isn't terrible either, especially at the guard position. I mean, the guards are good. And the O-line overall isn't quite as bad as people think. And I think Johnson's a monster at home. I don't think Washington really has any answer for Larry. I think Peterson shuts down whoever, you know, even though they'll play a lot more zone. I think Washington will rush the quarterback really well. So again, which team runs the ball better? The team with the great line on the road or the team with what I think is the best back in the league? I think Washington's the better team. But, you know, and I guess Vegas does too. I mean, they would be a neutral site. They would be favored, Washington. And they're getting one on the road. I think Arizona wins this game 21-17, something like that. But I can't say I feel real strong about it. I, I think it'll be a fun one. Another very fun one is definitely Bears at Packers. Khalil Max, you know, breakout performance. Um, throw him right, right in there. Get after him, Khalil. But Packers tackles are good. Aaron Rodgers is real good. Um, I think this Bears D is pretty darn complete. But it's also a lot of new dudes. You know, how much has Roquan Smith played? How much has Mac played with these guys? So I think that they keep the offense in check. I don't think Jamal Williams does much. But I think Rodgers just prevails when it's all said and done. And I also think that Packers D is going to be a lot harder to play against than people think. I think it's a playmaking young secondary that might make some mistakes. But it's an attacking defense. I think their defensive front, you know, of Mo Wilkerson, uh, Daniels, Clark, is really good. And I don't think Jordan Howard has a, a big day. And I think Trubisky trying to keep up with Rodgers will screw some things up. So I think this will be a fun one. Packers are seven-point favorites. I think I'll give you seven, and I think there's maybe a little too much optimism about the Bears at this very moment, although I like what they're doing. I think it ends up being 28-20, 28-17, something like that. I just don't know if the Bears' offense is equipped to score lots of points. I also don't know if the Jets' offense is equipped to score lots of points. They're getting seven in Detroit for the first of the two Monday nighters. Detroit's looked terrible in the preseason. We haven't talked about this enough. They've looked terrible. And I have some of my doubts about this team, too. And I think the Jets' defense is quite good, especially on the back end. Heavy blitz, good linebacker play, really good secondary. But I don't think the Jets' offense with Darnold and a bad line and suspect weapons can do a lot of damage against the Lions' defense that I don't have much faith in. 
going to be loud, you know, tough start, you know, not an easiest place to play in the world for the for a rookie first-time quarterback on Monday night. Not that the line, no offense, Detroit, but not like you're the hardest place in the world either, either but it's a dome. And in the end, I really like Stafford, Galladay, Tate, Smith, maybe on Johnson. Uh, the offensive line, I think, has a chance to really control things, wear this one down. Better O-line in the end prevails on a, a week one type of deal. But do they cover? I guess 27-17-ish Detroit. That's a really good offense with the Lions. Rams also a pretty good offense. They are four and a half favorites on the road against the Raiders. I'm sorry, I don't think this one's going to be close. I think the Rams blow them out. I, I think the Raiders might be able to run the ball. You know, Lynch might do fine. But is Cooper consistently going to get away from Peters or Tlaib? I don't think. And as good as the Raiders' interior O-line is, and it's great, and maybe it's the best one in the league, Sue and Donald are just badasses, man. And they can bring pressure. I, I don't know the car can handle the heat. But that's the other side of the ball that just is a nightmare to me for the Ram, for, for the Raiders is how are they going to slow down Gurley Cooks, you know, the best offense in the league last year? I think they win by well more than four and a half. I mean, I like the Rams putting up 35 in this one. I know it's on the road, but so what? And I think Oakland might have some success here and there, but I think it's like 35-13. Uh, it surprises me that this line's this low. It just—I don't think it's a real good matchup for Oakland. And I just think Oakland's D is a disaster. All right, guys, fun stuff. Hey, if you get the chance, I would love for you to drop me a line and let me know. Would you rather? You know, we have the three guests in the middle of the week: Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Would you rather? Fridays are going to be like this from now on. Would you rather Mondays was just me recapping a little bit of every game, or would you rather we did three um, other locked-on hosts instead? I'm just curious what the, the consensus is out there. All right, thanks so much. Take care. Over and out.